Hello, and welcome to Wenatchee in the Word, a podcast ministry of Ridgepoint Baptist Church. Our purpose is to help each one of us grow more in love with God by studying and meditating on His Word. We're glad you joined us today. Now, let's see what the Bible has to say. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Wenatchee in the Word. I know we've uh, kind of been on a little bit of a hiatus off and on for the past week. Um, I've been getting over a little bit of sickness, and um, sometimes I had my voice, and sometimes I didn't. wasn't able to uh, record all of the episodes, but uh, I'm on the tail end of that now, uh, and so uh, hoping to just continue to recover. But we're going to be diving right back into John chapter 14. So we're in John 14. We just finished up with, uh, if you'll remember, Jesus is with his disciples in the upper room. Uh, they just had the the Lord's table was just instituted. That took place. Jesus uh, gave the, the go-ahead to Judas, so to say, uh, that, hey, what you're going to do, betraying me, go ahead and do it and do it quickly. And Peter and really all the disciples are now kind of in this state of, uh, I wouldn't say panic, but dismay, because Jesus has said some things. One of them is going to betray him. All of them are going to deny him. Uh, all of them are going to turn away, and uh, that he's not going to be with them very much longer. And those would be some uh, discouraging words. And yet, uh, we see Jesus tell them, wait, wait just a second, put your heart at ease. Right at the beginning of this chapter, we saw him say that, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And he's been going through these things. And I love this next part of the chapter as we uh, finish out the chapter, hopefully in this episode, we're going to see the gift or the the telling of the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in John chapter 14, starting in verse 15, Jesus says this, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, we're going to really dive into the Holy Spirit, but before we even get too far into that uh, and all that he's about to say about the Spirit, I love verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, this is a great verse just to apply to our lives and to think if we truly love God, we're going to follow what his word tells us. But think about in the context of what's been happening. He's given them some specific commandments recently. In John chapter 13, if you were to go back and read that, he says, you all should wash each other's feet just as I have done. And this is a commandment specifically that I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And so he's saying, if you love me, keep those things. Keep the the commandments, the, the things that I'm telling you to do, keep them, obey them. Really what he's saying is, your love for me should be the motivator for why you love each other and why you do these things for each other. And I love that. It's a great application for us that our love for God should truly be the motivator behind why we do everything that we do. And then he says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. So, 
uh, Jesus says, I'm going to pray that the Father would send you the comforter. Now, the word translated there, comforter, combines the ideas of comfort and counsel. So the word really could be translated advocate or encourager uh, or counselor. And the Holy Spirit is a powerful person on our side working for us and with us to help us go by faith with the Spirit's power. Um, so, so Jesus is telling them here, look, I'm not going to be with you much longer, but I'm going to be with you, just not in the way that I am right now, is really what he's getting at. He's saying, I'm going to come to you. When he says that in verse uh, 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. When he says that, he meant it. Even though Jesus ascended to heaven after his death and burial and resurrection and all of that, even though he was gone from them physically, he sent the Holy Spirit to live in believers. And to have the Holy Spirit is to have Jesus. And so he's saying, look, I will be with you, just not in the way that I have been with you. Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. So sometimes I think, you know, people wish... They knew the future so they could prepare for it. I know I I would love to see the future so I could prepare for it. But God's chosen not to give us that knowledge. He alone knows what will happen, but he tells us all that we need to know to prepare for the future. And when we live by his uh, standards, we, we follow his uh, word uh, and recognize that he will not leave us, uh, he he came to us. He comes to us through the Spirit, and He'll be in us, and, and He'll show Himself to us. God knows what will happen, and because He will be with us through it all, we need not fear. We don't have to know the future to have faith in God, but we do have to have faith in God to be secure about the future. So what He's saying is, look, the world's not going to see me. You're going to see me because I'm going to be in you. I'm going to be with you, uh, and, and I am... Uh, ye, on that day, at that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, uh, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest him myself to him. He's saying, I'm going to show myself to you, and I know what's coming ahead. You don't, but I do, and so because of that, just rest in my presence, get to know me, uh, Learn of my Father and of me by the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He's, he's saying, you will have this. Uh, I will love him and will manifest myself to those kind of people. Judas then, not Iscariot, it says in verse 22, says, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? So uh, because the disciples were still expecting Jesus to establish an earthly kingdom and overthrow Rome, they found it hard to understand why he didn't tell the world at large why he was that he was the Messiah. Uh, but not everyone could understand Jesus' message. Now, after Pentecost, in the book of Acts chapter 2, the gospel of the kingdom ha has been and will be proclaimed to the whole world. Uh, and since then, it it's taken place. Uh but not everyone has received it. So Jesus saves the deepest revelations of himself for those who love and obey him and actually know him. So what? when Judas asks this, how are you going to do that? Show us who you are and not to the world. Uh, why don't you show the world who you are? 
And Jesus says, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we, we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to rem- your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So he says, look, I will show you myself because you know me and love me and follow what I've taught. And I've spoken all these things to you as I'm here present with you. But the Holy Spirit who's coming is going to teach you all of these things. And he's going to bring to remembrance to your mind whatever I have said to you. Jesus promised the disciples that the Holy Spirit would help them remember what he had been teaching them. Uh, This promise ensures the validity, really, of the New Testament. The disciples were eyewitnesses of Jesus' life and teachings, and the Holy Spirit helped them remember without taking away their individual perspectives. We can be confident that the Gospels are accurate records of what Jesus taught and did. The Holy Spirit can help us in the same way that he did the disciples. As we study the Bible, we can trust him to plant truth in our minds, convince us of God's will, and then remind us when we stray from him. That's really what the Spirit does now, is he he guides us in truth, and he helps us uh, to remember what the Lord has already taught us through his word. And then verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You've heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. So the end result of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is deep and lasting peace, as he says in verse 27. Unlike worldly peace, which is usually defined as the absence of conflict, this peace is a confident assurance in any circumstance, even in conflict. With Christ's peace, we have no need to fear the present or the future. Sin, fear, uncertainty, doubt, and numerous other forces are at war within us. But the peace of God moves into our hearts and lives Uh, to restrain those forces and offer comfort in the place of conflict. So Jesus says he will give us that peace if we are willing to accept it from him. So if our lives are full of stress, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us with Christ's peace. And then he says, "As as God the Son, Jesus willingly submitted to God the Father, as he says in verse 28, on earth, Jesus also submitted to a lot of physical limitations, but he, he specifically said, the Father is greater than I, so I'm submitting to him. And then verse 29, and now I've told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass, you might believe. So I'm telling you these things so that when it happens, you're ready for it and you would believe it. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. So, although Satan, the ruler of this world, 
was unable to overpower Jesus, he still had the arrogance to try. And that's what he did. Um, on the cross, he, he thought that he won. And yet, uh, because Jesus is sinless, Satan had and no power over him. And if we obey Jesus and align ourselves closely with God's purposes, truly Satan has no power over us either because we have the Spirit within us. And then at the end of the chapter, Jesus says, Arise, let us go hence. So what we're about to see is some people think a couple of different things. One, some suggests that maybe John 15 through 17 what we're going to continue to go through was spoken en route to the uh, Garden of Gethsemane. Another view is that Jesus was asking the disciples to get ready to leave the upper room. They were about to, but they didn't actually do so until chapter 18 and verse 1. Either way, Jesus here tells them, let's get ready. And things are have already been set in motion, but are really going to start picking up as he still teaches his disciples and then ultimately dies and is buried and raises again to new life. But what I love about this chapter is how Jesus pulls out the truths about the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 16 that he will never leave us, that the Holy Spirit will never leave us. In verse 17, that the world at large cannot receive him. Uh, It's a personal choice that We must receive Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit comes to us. In verse 17, he says that he lives with us and in us. Uh, In verse 26, he says that the Holy Spirit teaches us. He reminds us of Jesus' words. It says that in verse 26. Uh, He convicts us of sin. He shows us God's righteousness and announces God's judgment on evil. He'll say that in a few chapters. Uh, he guides us into all truth and, and gives insight into future events. He, he brings glory to Christ. The Holy Spirit has been active among, among people really from the beginning of time. You read through the Bible and it says the Spirit of the Lord came upon people. And then after Acts chapter 2, the, the day of Pentecost, then the Holy Spirit no longer came upon people, but he came to live in people, in all believers. And many people are unaware of the Holy Spirit's activities, but the those who hear the words of Christ and understand the Spirit's power, the Spirit gives a whole new way to look at life. And that's what I love about this chapter, is that Jesus is just pointing to the fact that I am not leaving you alone. I have given you the Spirit. And so whatever circumstance we might be going through today, let us remember we are not alone. Jesus is with us because we have his spirit living inside us. And for uh, each and every day as we get into his word and we pray, the Bible teaches that, uh, that the spirit uses it to make us more and more like Jesus and that he is interceding on our behalf, saying the prayers that we can't even utter. The spirit uh, says them for us to the Father. Wow. What a comfort we have in the Spirit. No wonder Jesus called him the Comforter. Well, as we go through this day, let's just remember that and find comfort in the Holy Spirit that our Savior 
has given to us. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to it or share it with your friends. You can hit that share button or take a screenshot and share it on your social media. And if you're from the Wenatchee area, we'd love to see you at Ridgepoint sometime. Find out more about our ministry at wenatchechurch.com. Thanks again for listening. God bless.